Yesterday, our family headed to an amusement park. This isn't my typical kind of fun, but just hanging out with the kids, no phones, no responsibilities, no expectations to do anything but just be amused, was novel. It was a whole lot of fun. It wasn't just me that was finding new things to do, although I must say I was not the most adventurous. It may have been my daughter, my 17, no, 18 year old daughter, our third daughter of four kids. In my opinion, Rachel took the most risks in the amusement park, went on, in my opinion, the scariest rides, and was eager to do something different. Just do something different for the sake of being different. But usually when we start something different, we feel a bit of anticipation. When you're an 18 year old girl, you're probably less likely to feel that the new and novel would be intimidating. But if you are a new to be homeschool mom, or you're just entering your first year of homeschooling, then you too might feel like you're heading to an amusement park. Never before have you tried the drop of doom or that scary roller coaster that goes 90 miles per hour. And like, seriously, you really shouldn't do that. Homeschooling is not that scary. No, it really isn't, or it doesn't have to be anyways. And on this podcast episode, I'm going to share with you how you can get started homeschooling this upcoming year. So welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich, the Homeschool Life Coach at www.capturingthecharmlife.com. If you're considering homeschooling this upcoming homeschool year, if this is your first year homeschooling, then these are the things that I would share with you about homeschooling in your first year. If you head online to Facebook or you find another resource like Instagram or podcast episodes or the myriads of guides to new homeschooling, you're going to find a lot of different advice about how to get started. But every single time you're going to hear from other homeschool families that you need to do this one simple, not so exciting thing. And it is to check the homeschool regulations in your province, state, or country. Not only do you want to follow the law, but you also want to feel comfortable answering every other single person that doesn't know the law around homeschooling so you can be confident in answering and also confident that what you're doing is the right thing for your child. Before we get started with this episode on getting started with homeschooling, I want to ask you, what are the most important questions for you as you're starting out this homeschool journey? What's the most important stuff you want to know? You're most welcome to throw those questions at me on social media, on Instagram or Facebook at Homeschool Mama Support Group, or on my YouTube channel too. I'd be happy to answer your questions. And don't forget that I'm offering a guide to the first homeschool year, which is a guide that is accompanied by weekly encouraging inspirational letters for you each week of your first homeschool year. You can access that at www.capturingthecharmlife.com. Okay, let's get started.
So when you first step off the beaten path, leaving the conventional schooled path, you might have a few uncertainties and doubts. You might research and read more than Wiki itself, or maybe I should say more than ChatGPT itself. Of course, it's a rite of passage for all new homeschoolers to research like that, as one should. We're taking on a giant responsibility for our kids' education. But from one veteran homeschool mama to a new one, I want to honor and acknowledge you that first, I do see that you're taking a very large responsibility for your kids' education. And also, I believe you can do it. I'm here to help you, equip you to be clear and confident as you get started. You don't have to feel uncertain or overwhelmed. You really can do this thing. There are a few common challenges that people experience in their first homeschool year and certainly common challenges that I had myself. I wondered, should I really be homeschooling my child? I'm not patient enough. Truth, I wasn't. Turns out I had many opportunities to learn it though. I asked myself what would be the transition for my kids going from a schooled environment to a homeschooled environment. What about gaps in my kids' homeschool education? Can I teach my kids confidently, even though I'm not a certified teacher? People are talking about de-schooling. What does that mean and what do I need to de-school before I get started homeschooling anyway? Or I feel overwhelmed and I've only began researching and reading and listening. How am I going to tackle that overwhelm? What about socialization? Yeah, I asked that one too. Yeah, I really did. I wonder the same things that everyone wonders. How can you possibly socialize a child even if they are not with another 24 kids inside a brick and mortar four wall classroom? every single day. I heard about these homeschool philosophies or methods and I wondered which ones were the right ones. Are there right ones? How do I decide? And though I didn't understand it then, I really wanted to feel confident in my choice. Not I'll never make a mistake confident, just I'm pretty sure this is going to be a good approach to my family life, to my child's education. If you too have any questions that sound like those, you're welcome to send me a message, book an appointment with me to chat. You can schedule a consultation with me. You can find that on the show notes page of this episode titled Get Started Homeschooling, Your First Year Guide to a Successful and Satisfying Homeschool Journey. Okay, so to get started homeschooling, there are a few key things you need to know straight up. I'm going to say eight. Pretty sure we could go on ad nauseum, but I'm going to pull it down to eight. The first thing you need to know is obviously the legal requirements. Each state, province, or country has its own legal requirements, so it's important to research and comply with the laws. The second thing is curriculum, of course. You are going to decide 
if you're going to choose curriculum or where to choose curriculum, dare I say if, <laughs> but if can be a question. If you aren't confident not choosing a curriculum, well, then you'll need to choose a curriculum that fits your child's learning style. You can easily purchase prepackaged curriculums, or you can create your own using free resources. You could trade resources with a friend. And I highly encourage you to jump onto my website and type curriculum in the search bar because I have a variety of articles that discuss how to choose curriculum, how to see curriculum outside the traditional box so that you're just not spending so much money and you're not investing your time trying to do curriculum in a way that you really don't want to that doesn't serve your kids and you'll discover that because they won't like it and also that you're going to enjoy long term. So learning how to choose curriculum is a pretty important thing to know up front. The third key thing you need to know uh, is a discussion about learning styles. How does your child like to learn? That will help you tailor the curriculum. It'll help you tailor how you approach your child and meet their needs. The fourth thing you need to know is you want to create a schedule or dare I say schedule, let's say routine so that when you wake up in the morning, you have a vague generality. You have a knowledge of what you're going to do. Note, this can change and it will change. Note, if you put it in black and white, it won't happen. Something will come up. But when you create a routine, you will create a familiarity with how you approach your days. Not only will you know, but your kids will too. The fifth thing is record keeping. Now, not everyone keeps records. Not everyone wants to keep records. Not everybody is required by law to keep records. And some of us, like me, was not, I wasn't required to keep records, but I did because I wanted to know what we did. And over the course of time, I came to understand that by keeping a record of what we did, I felt more confident that what we were doing was an excellent approach to education for each of my kids. The sixth thing I want to make sure you hear is that you need to create a support network now. Don't try to enlist the people around you that are not supportive of your homeschool choice. In time, they may be, really, they may be, they may be surprised at how useful, beneficial this lifestyle really is for your kids. And uh, you also might be surprised that they have become supportive. But in the meantime, it's helpful to build a supportive network of other homeschool families or people that just get it and make you feel gotten so that you can feel supported along, especially this first homeschool year. The seventh key thing I'd share is that you need to practice flexibility. Instinctively, I want to say you need to be flexible, but you're not going to be flexible because you don't even know what areas you need to be flexible in until you've had enough exposure to the homeschool lifestyle, the reality that you cannot compartmentalize your home education cleanly every single day and not allow real life stuff to get in the way. It'll get in the way. So be flexible. And the eighth key thing is practice, persistence, and patience. 
Homeschooling can be challenging at times because you're dealing with relationships with real human beings and also your big emotions. So practice patience with yourself. Establish a self-awareness strategy to learn more about how you're engaging your kids, perhaps what your triggers are, what your big emotional experiences are as you're homeschooling, and be persistent in exploring those things. Those are the eight key things that I'd like to share with you. But I want to share with you just a little bit about my first perceptions about homeschooling before I began. Once upon a time, I had an expectation that my family would experience utopia (laughs) through this homeschool life. Early on, I wrote about my three little girls in white dresses, slamming screen doors as they ran in from our Prince Edward Island homestead garden, enjoying read-alouds with tea in the afternoon, reading classics like Secret Garden and Anne of Green Gables on our white couch, and living happily ever after. You know, utopia. And yes, for some reason, it had to happen in PEI, not British Columbia, where I now live. And why a white couch? Because I'd already bought one from Ikea, which I might add is the antithesis of homeschool utopia. A white couch in any family home is probably unwise. I learned that homeschool is not utopia. There are plenty of challenges unique to your specific family. But if you're clear on why you're doing it, this homeschool thing, and you're willing to learn a few things, you'll overcome a lot of those challenges and feel satisfied and successful, your version of successful in your homeschool. Turns out my three little girls are way past wearing white dresses. They are now 22, 20, and 18 as of last week. We've added a son to the mix. He's 14 and about to enter high school and about to be a singleton child at home. Okay, take a deep breath, Teresa. Okay, this is not the podcast episode to discuss that. I learned that you can homeschool in every province of Canada and not just PEI and many states and countries around the world too. We've read, for sure we read, a bajillion read-alouds, definitely read Little Women, Secret Garden, Anne of Green Gables, lots of Shakespeare, Jane Austen, and everything else under the sun too. We got rid of that white couch. (laughs) We didn't live happily ever after, by the way. But we have enjoyed so many moments and memories because this big, beautiful, freedom-based lifestyle called homeschooling really does work. What my reality is and what my original vision was definitely were not the same. But freedom most certainly has remained a constant family companion. No question, it hasn't been utopia, but what an amazing lifestyle for family living. Now, I'm not going to discuss the details to this here, but before I discuss getting started with homeschooling, I want to ask if you should homeschool. I have a YouTube video called Should I Homeschool, which you will also find in the show notes page of this episode. It's an important consideration should you homeschool? I'll discuss that in that video first. But assuming that you want to homeschool and you're still hanging on to this conversation here, 
and you've considered all those thoughts about why you should or shouldn't homeschool, and you're still hoping to get started homeschooling, well, if you are, then let's consider this. Can I give you a little advice? Be realistic about how much time you have to plan for your homeschool. You could spend the entire summer planning for your homeschool. There are so many options and ideas and resources and bloggers. You're welcome. Social media influencers. Apparently that's me too. Books. Yep, I got a book and a podcast. And there's so many options. So many people. And you know what? That's really awesome. Actually, I think it's amazing because it does help you understand that there is not one right way to homeschool. Everyone is doing it their way. And so can you. But you could spend the entire summer planning. And though every last bit of research will be useful, you don't need to be in constant research mode. Because you want to be present doing fun stuff with your growing kids now. Because you know what? They'll keep growing up whether you're glued to your phone or not. So, Time block your homeschool research time. FYI, I have a time audit to help you learn how to manage your time and use your time intentionally. You can find that over on my website too. Decide when you're going to set aside time to plan for your upcoming homeschool year. Will you listen to a podcast while you're walking the dog or pulling weeds after dinner? Will you turn on a podcast while you're doing a Pilates workout? Is Wednesday evening in a library cubicle near you the right time to both get away and plan? Of course, you're especially invited to set aside time to join me in the First Year Homeschool Mom Support Group. Ask me for details. So when will you decide to plan for your upcoming homeschool year? Okay, now that you've decided when you're going to plan, let's talk about academics the thing that most people assume a home education is. This homeschool lifestyle is clearly, obviously, about the resources and curriculum and extracurriculars and the method that you choose, right? I would say, actually, after especially after this many years homeschooling, but categorically, I believe that academics are not synonymous with an education. So we're going to have to think outside the traditional educational or learning box. Of course, you can learn from a teacher's lecture or a workbook or tests that sometimes encourage recall. However, you can also learn from these things. Games. Name a game. And I or someone who has homeschooled for many years could easily tell you how your child is uniquely learning through that game. A game of chess enables strategy. A game of chutes and ladders enables simple arithmetic. Professor Noggin's games can help you learn geography or Canadian provinces or American states or countries from the world. You could learn about astronomy and biomes and habitats and any other knowledge tidbit under the sun. Gotta love Professor Noggin's. You can learn poker and teach statistics. You can play board games and gaming systems and portable car games and card games and dice games. All the games have learning potential. 
You can think outside the learning box also by recognizing that your child can learn from people outside your home. Theoretically, we're known as homeschoolers. I don't know why that word came to be. I don't particularly care for it, to be honest. Um, but I do know that if I'm going to write anything for Google, Google knows that what I do is homeschooling. But between you and me, it's not a school at home. And also, a lot of homeschoolers are rarely home. We are known as homeschoolers, but we are anything but at home all the time. Can I hear an amen from the homeschool moms that are not going into their first year? We do interesting things, and sometimes that's at home, sometimes it's not. When kids have an interest in a specific area where we don't have skills or knowledge, we look for resources and mentors in our community to come alongside our kids so they can have useful mentors. Like there's no teacher in any school that knows every topic. And there is no mother or father that knows every topic either. So don't expect yourself to. But there is always someone, somewhere, that's eager to share their special experience or knowledge with your child. I've also learned this thing about a non-traditional approach to education. It is that anything your child reads or watches or listens to could be a learning opportunity contributing to your child's education. Just because it's not found in a classroom does not mean it's not educational. But FYI, the traditional classroom uses cinematic films and documentaries and games and workbooks and manipulatives and online language programs and various gaming systems too. All that stuff is educational. If your child is learning, there's something educational there. So consider challenging yourself to get clear about what an education is anyway. The second thing I'd offer you is to plan for the S question. You will have to answer that question to infinity and beyond. Even though someone may comment on how kind and considerate your children are toward each other at the playground, even though most people have been educated in a brick and mortar school and know that sometimes the socialization isn't so helpful, or that they're not even encouraged to talk during class time anyway. And even though most adults know that they don't want to spend 30 hours in a room with 24 other people their exact age, I believe you're likely to be asked about this S question, the socialization question, to infinity and beyond. So pre-plan for it. What is your answer? Your peace-oriented, authentic and non-reactive answer because you don't need to stay in reactivity just because someone asks you a question you find annoying. So what's your answer? And practice it. When you get started homeschooling, remember that there is not one right way to homeschool. Since there are only about 1 to 15 kids in your home, just guessing, and you're only responsible for 1 to 15 kids, uh, you only have to find 1 to 15 ways to homeschool. And from one homeschool mom to another, I've learned that you never get things fully right for any of them. Just graduated my third of four kids, and I can see the writing on the wall here. Sure, we can try 
I think we're constitutionally bound to try. But as with every area in our lives, perfection won't be found because perfect ain't a thing. Growth is a thing, process is a thing, or process for my American friends, and learning is a thing. So I believe there is not one right way to homeschool. So take a deep cleansing breath with me and accept that even before you begin this homeschool thing, you are going to have to accept that you are going to perfectly, imperfectly homeschool. So do it in whatever way seems right to you today and continue to learn and process and grow and discover a new way tomorrow. I'll tell you another thing you need to hear when you're getting started homeschooling. You want to create a community that will support and encourage you along the way. You already know who might not be supportive in your sphere. Perhaps they're just skeptical, or maybe they're just downright not supportive. So until they warm up to your choice, I'm being optimistic, you can always hope they will see that this homeschool thing is indeed working for your kids, and you might be surprised, they might. But until then, you'll want to be surrounded by a supportive group. And of course, you're welcome to try my first year homeschool mom support group. Every month, we're going to meet to get to know each other, different parents from around the world starting this homeschool thing together. You'll get the life coaching support and inspiration from me and from others in the group. And once a month, I'll offer you workshops that are specific to your needs. They'll be customized to your needs. Hey, and can I just say, welcome to homeschooling. I want you to feel supported, satisfied, and, and successful in your family life and in your first homeschool year. But more than anything, I want you to enjoy this big, imperfectly perfect homeschool life because it is pretty amazing. If you have questions that I haven't answered in this episode, join me in a chat. You can find my schedule link at www.capturingthecharmlife.com and join me to discuss possible ways that I could support you. I'd love to hear about you and your homeschool. And welcome to homeschooling. As you get started this first homeschool year, I want you to know, I really do believe you can do this thing. You got this, girlfriend. <laughs>